All right, Mountaineer fans, and thank you guys so much for downloading the Press Virginia podcast with Coach Billy Hahn. Don't forget you can check that out on all your favorite podcast platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and also the show is archived on YouTube. I'm Anthony Lewis, joined on the phone by the legendary coach, Coach Billy Hahn. Coach, how are you doing today? Anthony, doing tremendous. Thank you very much. Good. Good to hear from you. And, um, you know, let's just get right into it. First and foremost, um, you know, obviously the big news last week um, was the announcement of Oscar um, hitting the transfer portal. Is there any update or any information or any insider information that you may be able to offer us at this time? And I just want to get your, I guess, your opinion on on him taking off from West Virginia and uh, and all that fun stuff, really. I hear Miami University, and now today is the first day I heard Kentucky. Kentucky surprises me a little bit because Calipari and Hugs are such good friends. I don't. I. I, I just have a tough time believing that Cal would do that to hugs or if he does he's been on the phone with hugs and gotten hugs blessing Mm. that it's okay to do it if hugs told him it's okay to do it then if he wants to go to kentucky and play for cal god bless him the thing that really gripes me a little bit is i heard that when this all happened that he was in florida and miami university had been recruiting him and have been poaching him a little bit. Matter of fact, I think Fran Fraschilla, I think he tweeted about it's how sort of sad college basketball has sort of become the wild, wild west right now where people are recruiting guys and, you know, tampering with guys. I mean, it's 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 bad right now, Anthony. I don't like the way it's going. It's a, it's a, it's a, a, a mark on the NCAA coach, coaches and schools, I mean, I just think it's a, it's not a good thing. Yeah, I sent you that tweet from Fran, and and you know, his, the kind of his tone was, um, it it's just another Tuesday in the NCAA where kids are being yeah. tampered with <laughs> and and offered yeah. different things. It'll be, I'll be interested to see how this shakes out with Oscar. Yeah. I mean, he he was there. From what you gathered from Hugs or any of the coaches or anybody over there, and even your presence at the facility, was there any? Was he upset or was he not happy at West Virginia? Um, you know, I, I said last week I'd seen a little bit of difference with him on the court, but I didn't know how that was translating into his personal life and his relationships with the coaches. Well, if there was a problem, he hit it really. He hit it well. Everybody saw that his play was not the same as it was the year before, and everybody noticed that. But the relationship with Hugs and the other coaches and the other players, I mean, I can honestly say I don't think anybody saw that where there was a, you would say, well, there's some dissension between this kid and this kid, Oscar and this player, or Oscar's having a problem with Hugs, or Oscar's having a problem with Coach Harrison or Coach Martin never saw it. If there was, he hit it extremely well. Yeah, and and I'm just listening to Coach Huggins' press conference. Um, 
He was asked immediately if Oscar was, would be able to come back. He said, no, um, pretty much, you know, you could almost tell that hugs was I don't want to say hurt. I mean, cause, but maybe a little upset about it, but at the same time, when you say you're leaving, you're leaving. And I can, you know, hugs has coached hundreds of kids over the years and, I don't think one player is going to make any um, difference in his the outcome of his career. That's how Hugs is. Nobody's bigger than the program, man. Absolutely. If you don't want to, if you if you don't want to be here, good. Don't be here because you're not going to be here part time. Either either here and want to be here, or you're all in it, or you're all out of it. So Hugs ain't going to have no part time stuff. Absolutely. And let's move on from um, Oscar, and let's talk about this. Coach Huggins, win number 300 the other night on the road at Oklahoma State. Coach Huggins and Roy Williams are the only two coaches in NCAA history to have over 300 wins at two universities. Um, Quite a a group to be in there for Coach Huggins. We're still waiting on that call to the Hall of Fame, but that's uh, that's pretty impressive. Um, And, again, you were on you were on a lot of that ride with him here at West Virginia, but uh, West Virginia lost on the lost on the road uh, to Oklahoma. Started off terribly, and then you saw things starting to kind of come around, and almost a replay Monday night uh, in Stillwater, same type of thing, down nineteen, and all of a sudden they just came alive. Yeah, they had uh, some guys make some big time plays. It was great to see. You think about Roy Williams and Bob Huggins, the only two schools, only two coaches that have been able to do that with the 300 wins. You think about all the coaches of the game of basketball. That's an amazing stat right there now. So let's just hope and pray that Bob Huggins receives that phone call to Springfield in the Hall of Fame, which he more than he sure deserves. He's earned it and Let's all say a little prayer for him that Hugs gets that call, which I, I believe is going to happen this year. Yeah, I agree with you. I, so um, West Virginia, again, on the road at Stillwater, goes down 19, and all of a sudden you saw guys, you know, Miles is doing his thing, obviously. and yep. um, But you, you saw the emergence of, you know, Kedrian Johnson and and, yep. and and some of these other players – are starting to step up a little bit. Jalen Bridges didn't have quite the night that he had at Oklahoma, still had five right. points, but Taz Sherman all of a sudden is exploding. Yep. Taz Sherman was great. Uh, Deuce was great. Uh, Jalen Bridges wasn't as good, but, it, I mean, Emmett Matthews made some big-time plays. I mean, everybody just chipped in and just did a heck of a job to have us come back, so – I'm looking forward to Texas on Saturday. So let me ask you this. With Oscar gone, what does this mean for Derek, Derek Culver now? I mean, obviously, he's, you know, he's a walking double-double, but what does this mean for him offensively um, under the basket? Gives him more, gives him more space to operate. Uh, it's not going to be two big guys together, which I thought it crowded things up. It's going to be four out of one, around one. He's got to handle double teams because people are going to double-team him, and he's got to be able to pass out of double-teams. But I think it's going to help Derek. You know, he's such he's got, he's averaging a double-double, 13 points and 10 rebounds. I mean, how many guys can say they're averaging a double-double? But he is. So I think it's going to help him, to be honest with you. Coach, last year I went to practice with you, and at the time Brandon Napper was there. And Brandon's uh, body language was just bad on the court. 
And I saw you right. not even as a as a, a current coach call him to the side, tell him to keep his head up, his you know his right. chest out, and and yep. I'm hoping you get back to practice because I'm hoping you can have that same conversation with Derek Culver. Um, yep. He he almost would you agree with me when I say he wears his emotions on his sleeve and maybe a little bit too much during the game. Well, if you were beat up on like he's beat up, Anthony, and you're double teamed every time. And you're running down the floor, and people just step in front of you while you're running down the floor to take charging fouls. You'd be a little bit puffy too. Now you, right. I mean, it. You know that would get under your skin a little bit. I mean, you're ready to you're ready to to, to bust somebody's tail, man. Yeah, that's hard to take. I agree. So, I yeah, agree. I'm sure Hugs is working on it, but he's gonna he's fine. He'll, he'll grow up. He's he'll fight through that. He'll learn to live with that. And and by no means am I am I trying to downplay his, his game or right, I just, right. I think he, sometimes when I watch him, especially late in the game, I, I would like, yeah, to, he's, just to worst, kinda, yep, he's his worst enemy. Yeah. Get that, get that, get past that a little bit because I think it would benefit him a little bit more in the long run. Um, if he just, yep. just didn't let that come out. Let me ask you about the Fairmont native Jalen Bridges. What do you think about his emergence this week and what, where, what's the, what's the limit for him? Where's the, where's the ceiling for this young man? I think there's no ceiling on this kid. I think he, I think he's got five years left. I think the NBA, no, believe it or not, the NBA is his limit, to be quite honest with you. He's that good. Yeah, he, he can do everything. He can, he can shoot it. He can rebound it. He can pass it. He's a good player, man. He's going to have – he's the ceiling is non-existent for him. I I think he's got a chance to be here more, five more years, four more years, if he's, and he'll be fine. He'll be an NBA player someday. That's my prediction. Absolutely. Well, uh, Coach, let's take a quick break because on the other side of the break, the legendary Deshaun Butler is going to be joining us. Before before we do, write this phone number down, 681-231-2632. Again, that number, 681. Let me start that over. 681-231-2632. We're going to do the Dell Sparks text to win trivia question. I'm going to ask a trivia question in the next segment. The first person to text the correct answer will win an 8x10 from the Dell Sparks Collection. And after we come back, the legendary Deshaun Butler will be joining us on the phone. We'll do that after this. You've been in an accident. It's time to call Warner Law Offices. We've recovered millions and millions of dollars for car accident victims. Don't settle for the insurance company's low offer. Call us today. No upfront cost, free consultation, and no fees until we win your case. Warner Law Offices, when you need justice. Bobby Warner, now's the time. Call 345-6789. Do you have cold floors in your home? It may be time to insulate your crawl space because cold air is rising into the rest of your home. Alford Home Solutions can fix this problem. Go to AlfordHomeSolutions.com today to book your free insulation estimate. We'll examine the floor and the walls of your crawl space to see where the cold air is coming in. And then we'll block it out with one of our exclusive insulation products so we can make your home more comfortable. Winter is coming. Don't wait. Insulate. Yo, what's up, Mountaineer Nation? It's John Flowers, a.k.a. J. Flow, And you're listening to the Press Virginia Podcast with Billy Hahn. Welcome back to the Press Virginia Podcast with Coach Billy Hahn. I'm Anthony Lewis, and don't forget, 
Our friends at Alford Home Solutions can solve any problems when it comes to your cold floors. It may be time to insulate your crawl space because cold air is rising into your home. Alford Home Solutions can fix this problem. Go to AlfredHomeSolutions.com for a free estimate. Winter is coming. Don't wait. Insulate. And joining us on the phone is Mr. Deshaun Butler. How you been, Deshaun? What's going on, guys? How you doing? We're good. Deshaun, I can't thank you enough for coming on this show, brother. I appreciate you guys for having me, man. Once again, they said the uh, the, the legendary Coach Han called me, and he's like, hey, you want to get on the show? And I was like, of course. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, legend, a legend in my own mind. Mine's too, baby. So that's two more than two more than I am in other people's. So. There you go. <laughs> hey, Deshaun, tell tell our listeners what you've been doing since you grad go from graduation when you stop playing for Bob Huggins and the Mountaineers. Go from there and take us where you've been and what you've been doing. All uh, right. So I was very very fortunate to uh, to get drafted. Uh, in the second round to the Miami Heat. And yep. um, I get to Miami, and I can't really play because I'm still injured. And during my time there, someone else gets hurt, and they have to release me. But they allowed me to stay there and work out and rehab. And in between that small time, the San Antonio Spurs uh, signed me, and they asked me to come up. I went out there and worked out with Jock Vaughn, and he was he basically was like kind of like the, uh, the go-ahead for me getting my signing. So I worked out with him and ended up getting signed to the Spurs. And I, I finished the rest of that season with the Spurs. Right. Uh, and, and that was, uh, I mean, they gave me an opportunity, but it was also more or less like, you know, to get me back on my feet because, you know, they they had a lot of respect for me like, and how I finished my career out and and they understood how what I was going through at the time. So they picked me up, helped me rehab, helped me get in shape, helped me get better. And I've, I always, like, I'm very uh, – grateful for the heat and the Spurs for that, the situation I was like put in. That was like a great, it was a great time. And I learned so much about basketball with those two organizations. Right. Tell me, I personally like to know a little bit about compare Popovich to Huggins. Um, they don't, they won't hold any punches and they don't care who they talk to. Like Hugs is he'll get his point across to regardless if you're the best player in the team or not. And they and he also knows when to like take a step back and not jump on people's backs as well. So they right. they're really good at being player coaches in that sense, both hugs and pop. Like I remember my first time, like I said, I was I got to San Antonio, I want to say maybe in March. Right. And, I mean, we're getting close to the playoffs and the playoffs start and the playoffs are uh in we're playing against the Memphis Grizzlies. And the very first game, Zach Randolph goes off, they win. And we get to the film room, and I had really never been around a team. I'd always been by myself working in individuals and getting shots up with some of the guys I knew that didn't play as much. I never really was around the team as much. And this is my first time being around the team in the playoffs. And the very first film session, Pop was in there just going crazy on Tony Parker and going crazy on Tim Duncan. And I'm sitting there like, that's Tim Duncan. <laughs> I was just like, you would think that, uh, you would think that, you know, yeah. he would cushion some of the things he would say. And I would expect him to yell at, you know, the Red Rocket and the other guys. But he didn't Correct. go at those dudes. He, he went directly for Tony Parker and directly for Tim Duncan and directly for Manu Ginobili because they were the leaders. And if he could do that to them, like, the rest of the guys easily fall in line. So it was no – there were no uh, misunderstandings. 
but then right. also, but then also pop uh, just like hugs is smart in a sense too. They 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 got a good sense of like a team. So like pop's team, similar to like hugs. When we got to our senior year, we weren't going balls to the wall like we did when hugs first got here. And when you got here, Coach Han. Like right. that first, that my sophomore year, we were going insane trying to get our bodies together, get in practice shape so we can get ready for the games. Right. So it was a little bit difficult. And then my senior year, it wasn't as difficult for all the guys because we, he didn't have to like do all those things because we are mus- a muscle memory after being with him for two years already kind of like got in and we knew what we were supposed to do. And same right. with guys. Like he has all these older dudes. Um, who was there? Antonio McDice was there that year. Like it was his last year. And uh, so, like, he's not trying to run these guys' knees off and run it. Like, you know what I mean? He's like, right, right. Know, we're going to do a little hour of practice, right. hour and a, maybe an hour and a half max. And the rest of you guys, you get your shots up, you take care of your bodies, you take care of what you need to take care of. And then the younger guys, they'll definitely stay after. And it's, and it's done. Like, we don't need right. to like, burn our guys out. So I would say that they're both, like, their intellect for the game and they're willing, how much they care about the game, their passion for the game. And just what they the links they're willing to go to win games. Hmm? You know what blows my mind, Deshaun, is you think about the coach you had at West Virginia, the coach you had at the Miami Heat, and the coach you had for the San Antonio Spurs. Are you kidding me? Yeah, man, I was like very fortunate, very lucky to steal plays from all three. So <laughs> keep everything, keep every bit of knowledge I got, just like like. I was there. Eric Spolster, Eric Spolster was there, and he's an amazing coach. And at right. the time, you know, everybody didn't know how good of a coach he was. He was just coming off those like pretty bad seasons, and uh, he, like, he was in a phenomenal coach. And then not to mention Pat Riley was there every day. And yeah, Pat you know, Riley. I mean, you I'm learned looking, from you learned from crazy. these guys, and it was insane, man. And not just them, like the players, like the players that have been there for such a long time. Yeah, I was there with <laughs> Jamal McGlure and Jawan Howard. Uh, I was getting information from Alonzo Morning and just like it was it was just a great experience. Granted, I didn't get a chance to like capitalize on it the way I wanted to, but it was just such a great experience to be around right. all these great people and learn so much from those individuals. And it, and that year literally taught me how to be a pro after that year was over. Cause I, right. I I was off on my own after that. Right now, when did you when did you you when did you get married, have your family? Now you will go overseas. Take me when you left San Antonio and the NBA when you left. Take take us through what happened then. All right, so the lockout happened right after my San, my San Antonio Spurs season. So I needed to find a job. I couldn't really find one. And I ended up getting lucky. I got a job in Latvia. And I went over to Latvia for like a week. And while I was in Latvia for a week, the NBA lockout had ended. Right. And my agent was like, come on back home. Like the, the Spurs called for you to come back for a training camp. And I kind of talked to my agent. I was like, well, they just signed Kawhi Leonard. Like, um, <laughs> I'm sure I shouldn't like stay here. Cause I mean, I, right. as a player, you know, I'm at the workouts. Like I know, like, and not to mention, I have older guys on the team that, that were very kind enough to like, let me know kind of in a sense, like, all right. Like, you know, they, when you draft the guy, especially yeah. a first round or you trade up to get a guy like you want yeah. them to play. So that was my spot. So like off rip, he was going to play. I don't, I would have an opportunity if I stayed or if I was lucky enough to stay, but those minutes were going to go, you know, where they were going to go. Sure. So sure. 
it is what it is. Like I wasn't tripping on it. I was just talking to my agent. Like, you think it's a good idea for me to go back? And at the time my agent was like, yeah, they asked you to come back. So go back. So I go back, I get cut within like a day. Yeah. <laughs> and I couldn't go back to the previous job because I mean, I just showed up for a week. I signed and then I was like, I'm leaving. So they didn't want anything to do with me, obviously, which makes right. sense. Right. So, so Deshaun, let me, that. let me back yeah, up and ask you a question. So, I mean, obviously what's it like through the, the draft process? I mean, every kid, you know, I, I grew up playing baseball and of course as, as a 10 year old kid in my head, I thought I was going to go play for the Yankees. But when you actually get that call, to go play in the NBA. What was that call? What was that call like for you? It's everything you've ever dreamed about as a kid, man. Like I remember like it's even before I like the first thing I thought of was like before I even knew the process of like what the whole draft process was. Like before I was in like the eighth grade and I understood what these guys had to do. Like the first thing I thought about was like all those times me in my backyard as a kid playing by myself. No brothers, no sisters, just me and the basketball. Like those are things I thought of, and I'm like, I I actually did it. Very nice. Like so, those are like the mo- Like those are the things I thought of, and then you obviously think about all the people that help you get there, and and you thank those people and everything like that. But I lie to you not. The first thing I thought about was just me as a kid in my backyard, cracked up back, cracked up backyard, a pavement, uh, <laughs> Fisher Price hoop or whatever you want to call it, Huffy, whatever it is. I forgot mm-hmm. the name. Yeah. <laughs> Fill sure. with water, fill with water at the bottom of it. Yeah, yeah. Shoot, shooting in the rain, shooting yeah. in the cleaning yeah. the uh, driveway out. I mean, cleaning the backyard out uh, full of snow and getting yeah. shots up. Then terrible it. basketballs, all that stuff. Like, yeah, it just I made me it. think of those days. So, yeah. Yeah. and what you were do, what you did it for? Like, why you yeah. continue to do it? Like, so take me now back to Europe. So. Now I got after uh, I didn't get my job back. I end up going to the G League, and at the end of the G League, I get hurt, and then right. that's when I get a chance to go hang out with you as a GA for a year. Yeah, that was awesome. Which was very awesome, and yep. within that year, I mean, I, it helped me realize two things. It made me realize that I really, really, really want to coach, and I was done playing, and how much I missed playing basketball too at the same time. Right. So at the end of that year, my my new agent had given me a call, and it's a friend of mine. And I talked to him and he was basically like, do you want to play still? And I obviously I did. And he's like, if you can get in shape within a month and a half, then there's a place that wants to fly you out for a workout. And right. Look. So I was like, all right, fine. So I get in shape and uh, worked out for a month straight and did what I was supposed to do in the court and in the weight room. And I get on this plane to go to Belgium and I go to Belgium and I work out with the with the group of like eight players, excuse me, 10 players, because we, we played three on three, four on four, five on five. Like we're in the gym for like two hours playing. Right. And then after the two hours are up, like they let me know, like, yeah, we want you to be there. So I go home so I can get my things together. And right after that happened, I mean, my son was born. <laughs> so yeah, my, my girlfriend at the time, she was pregnant. And right. When I got the job, I came back and it was like my son was born. So it was like awesome, perfect timing. I need a job. Um, so, no doubt. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, geez, like the, that happened. My son was born. I was here. I was back. I was in West Virginia for like another couple more months. I would say two more months, three more months. Yeah. Yeah. And I was off with my family to go to Belgium. And I played my very first season overseas, the first division in Belgium. And your wife and your son, they were with you in Belgium. Yeah, man, that was my son. My son was uh, only two months. I think he was like two months old when uh, when he got to Belgium for the first time. 
That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, man. It was great. It was a great experience, man. One of my favorite teams that I played on. Uh, great coach, uh, Brad Dean. Learned a lot from him. Right. Um, had a blast with some of my teammates, guys who I still talk to to this day. Like, yeah. it was uh, it was an experience, man. Yeah. So and you it also led to more ahead. basketball. Take, take me. No, from, go ahead. Take me from Belgium. Oh, I, from Belgium, I went to France, France. and played. Play, enjoyed that, and I brought my family to France with me, and uh, we had a good time and enjoyed France and the bread right. and, the, and, the, and the champagne, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and yeah, it was in the champagne region. Right. Uh, DCRB, Devin E. Banks, and John Flowers got a chance to play there for uh, a year as well. Right. And then um, I went from France, and because of my how well of a job I did in Belgium, and the coach was familiar with my coach in Belgium. I got the job in Germany and right. I stayed in Germany for three years. Yeah. You had three um, years in Germany. Okay. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. My family loved Germany. I had my second son in Germany. Well, I didn't have him. My wife did, but uh, right. Right. We, had, we had our second son in Germany, Donovan, who's a, an official German um, baby. Right. <laughs> and um, we just enjoyed our time there. And after that, I was fortunate enough to go to Israel and I went to Jerusalem my very first year in Israel. Wow. wow. Yeah. And I was there. I played in the Jerusalem team with a great, great coach, uh, Ode Katash, who was amazing. And right. um, I, once again, like everywhere I've been, like I had to learn this from the time I was at West Virginia as a GA. Like I decided to take every opportunity to learn every bit of basketball because I knew I wanted to coach when I was done playing. And right. every, every coach, whether it be in Belgium, France, Germany, I took a little bit of something from those guys and and learned something from them. And tried to keep it with me and, and try to remember that because wherever, wherever I was going at this point in my career, I was like uh, an older guy on the team, you know, I was a yeah. leader. So, yeah. you know, you take those, like when I first got there, obviously I was in a team with guys, the average age was 30 on my team. And I was like one of the youngest guys on the team. Yeah. And then, and then I go to the next team. There's the average age is like 30 as well. And then I get to the, a team where I'm like the oldest guy on the team in Germany. Yeah. And then I got to start taking a leadership role and, you know, you learn these things like from your coaches or what they say, and then you just learn a lot over there in general as a professional anywhere, regardless. But it's over there, I learned a lot. So, and I was in my last year, I decided uh, after leaving, after leaving Jerusalem, I ended up going to Israel one last time. Uh, the team was called Beersheba, where I had a coach that was co- similar to Coach Huggins. Right. <laughs> my sophomore year, so Coach Huggins. And, right. uh, and uh, that was an adjustment on my body. But, I loved the coach. He was awesome. It was a lot right. of fun. And I was like by far the oldest guy on the team. And uh it it was in it was uh one of those years that made me like enjoy playing basketball again. Like I, I felt like I was uh in a different position than in most of the teams I had played on in the previous years. So Right. And then I'm here now, back in Morgan. So how many <laughs> so Deshaun, now this is the first year you haven't played in a total of how many years did you play? Until this year's not playing. I would say what, eight or nine years? Eight or nine years? Yeah. So the game of the game of basketball pretty damn good to you. Man, it is, bro. And I'm like so fortunate. I love it to death. Like I couldn't imagine myself being around anything else. So what are you doing now? What do you, what do you, what's your next next path in your journey? Well, as you know, Coach Han, I have terrible luck at uh, certain things. Um, <laughs> so I decided to retire during a pandemic, which obviously jobs are very scarce. So <laughs> um, at the moment right now, I, yeah. actually, excuse me, at the beginning of the summer, I decided I was going to uh, 
if I was fortunate enough to find a job somewhere as an assistant, as a um, as a right. volunteer, whatever, I was right. going to finish my last year of grad school. So because right. I did one year of grad school and it was a two year program. So right in the summer, I started taking classes and um, I'm still taking classes. I, obviously, right now it's a break. But uh, so far, I've had, I want to say, four classes and I have two more classes until I graduate with my master's. So I was planning on doing that while I was working or intern, whatever the case may be, anywhere. Right. Uh, but instead, I mean, I'm just doing that full time. I'm just taking the classes and finishing up. So Right. So when this breaks, and usually in the springtime, exactly. that's everybody changes jobs, people get fired, new coaches are hired in places. I mean, there's a lot of turnover. Exactly. So hopefully this coronavirus will be gone by, by April or May, and there'll be a lot of job happenings. And that's when you're going to be out there having hugs and everybody help try to help you get a job. Yeah, man. But everybody's been helping me as well. I mean, coach, you know how it is, like, especially yeah. now, like the, the climate, and everything like that, yeah. you know, you got to use your resources and talk to many, as many people as you can meet. Right. People, uh, or even if you can't meet them, just talk to them uh, via right. text, message, phone calls, things like that. So right. I've been doing the best I can to, uh, to network and, just make new friends and 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 pe- meet new people. Basically, the best I so, can from Zoom calls and stuff like that, and just so, try to build that foundation. So, Dave, is you think your journey is college coaching or NBA coaching? Honestly, I really don't know yet. I really would love to go coaching college, and who wouldn't want to coach as a pro? I mean, my goal would be to be a, yeah. a to be in the best situation I could possibly be in, like whether it be pro or college, but. I mean, I know, and there's very big differences. I love the pro game because, I mean, yeah. obviously, you know how it is. It's a simpler, it's sure. a simpler thing. You know, you don't have to really deal with classes and, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. recruiting and eligibility and all yeah. that stuff. Like, you just got to worry about your job. So that's yeah. there's easier elements to it. At the same time, the game is the game, and you have to be able to, you know, yeah. teach the game. Yeah. And then college has this high points too, where, you know, you, you got these guys that are on the cusp of being like the best players they could ever possibly be like their prime, not even their prime, but you know, like they're becoming good players and being there for that step is always important. And not to mention who wouldn't want to be um, a positive role model, a positive influence for anybody yeah. from college. So like, you know what I mean? Like that's just a great opportunity nonetheless to like be there at the turning point of these kids becoming men. Like, and they're reach them reaching their dreams, you know. So that that's always like a, a fun aspect of it as well, man. Well, the best thing that's happened to me after forty years of coaching is just what you're talking about: the phone calls, text messages, emails, everything that I get from former players just blows my mind. Now, every every place I coached, I mean. My Maryland players get a hold of me. My Ohio University players get a hold of me. My LaSalle University players get a not hold even, of me. Not even just players, Coach. I mean, all, look about yeah. all the managers you like. Oh, look under, are you kidding me? I bet yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, and you, of yeah. all people, like I've known you since I was like 14, Coach. Like yep. I've yep. seen, I've run into you numerous times through AAU and so on. And so, so like, yep. you know, that's just like years and years of like knowledge and years and years of you being in the game. Of course, people want to get as much information or any, as much help as they can from you. So, well, I can't thank you enough, my man. I know 
Anthony, you have anything else for day day? Actually, I actually I do. I, I need to go, go back. Ahead. I need to go back about ten, uh, actually 11, 12 years now. Ooh. Deshaun, give me your best Billy Hahn story. Oh My boy, best Billy Hahn story, or your, or your favorite? <laughs> oh, can I talk about these on here? <laughs> yeah, you can talk about it. <laughs> Hell yeah! All right, let me see. So. All right, cool. So, like, I have two. I can just sit there. And I, it's like, these are two of my favorite things I always tell coach, tell people about Coach Han in general. But I have two. So, Coach Han would always take – we would play a, we would play certain teams. But Coach Han always had the Notre Dame scout. And he they wouldn't let anybody else get the Notre Dame scout except for Coach Han. And yeah. Coach Han would get the Notre Dame scout, and he'd always – he'd come into the room – He'd have his paper in his hand and he'd go, fellas, this is a pretty damn simple game. They make 11 threes. When, when they win games, they make 11 threes or more. When they lose games, they make six threes or less. Fellas, this is a pretty fucking simple game. <laughs> <laughs> and now he'd always start the scout out. And he, even if we beat them the last time, he'd go, listen. It's a pretty fucking simple game, fellas. Yeah. And he'd always yeah. start it off with that that statement every time. Scouts over. I love it. Go to practice. And then, <laughs> and then my other favorite one would be if Coach Han is, like, in practice and he's walking by and you're shooting and you're freaking short. And he'd look at you and go, hey, I don't know if you heard this, but your girlfriends will probably tell you this. Never up, never in. <laughs> and then he'd walk off. He'd walk off and look at you under his eye and start laughing. Ah. Those are, my two, those are my two favorites, they did. I'm telling you, man. Coach Han is uh he was hilarious and he always kept you engaged and intrigued. And it never yeah. came at you with a uh a overbearing I know more than you vibe. It was always level, like eye level, like a respect. Like he'll joke around with you, he'll talk to you and keep it real with you. It's never like you do it because I said do it. It was always like I'm trying to tell you from experience, yeah. this is what I've seen. Like trust this, and this is what will happen, and those things did happen. And man, like I, if anything, like he was probably one of the best like life teachers I had at at uh, at WVU. Like it was just, it was necessary. It was grown man talk, and he was the guy that uh, gave it to us. And that's probably why he still gets all the text messages that he was just referring to. Yeah, definitely, man. Like you can't, man. At the end of the day, you can't, uh, you can't run away from that kind of stuff that he was teaching you, man. It, it always comes back. And you're gonna remember who taught it to you. So it'd be smarter of you to get continue to get seek that information and continue to learn more and more about things because it's always coming back one way or the other. Good stuff. Well, Deshaun, thanks so much for Deshaun, joining I, us. I can't thank you enough, Day Day. This is awesome. Thank you. Man, no problem. You kidding me? I was happy to come on here, man. This is uh, <laughs> this is my guy, bro. And, don't, right. and don't forget, listeners, Love you, brother. make sure you swing Love by you. and check out Deshaun's. Uh, he has a podcast as well with John Flowers and Kevin Jones. Uh, yeah, the final forecast. Come check out the final forecast of me, Kevin Jones, John Flowers, and our lovely host, Ashley. And also, if you get some free time, check out Doster and Deshaun on the Field of 68. It's a new network company that's talking strictly college sports basketball. So please check me out. Show some love. Good stuff. All right. Well, thanks so much for coming on to the Press Virginia podcast today. We appreciate nah, it. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, bro. All right. Take care. All right, you guys, be good. See you, Dad. See you. So the legendary Deshaun Butler joining us from Morgantown. It's good to hear 
Um, he's back in Morgantown and, um, you know, I, he never steered clear of West of Morgantown or even West Virginia whenever he was, uh, you know, still playing overseas. He was back every summer back with the teams, um, you know, and they do the alumni game and all that fun stuff. So it's good to catch up with Deshaun Butler. He's a true monitor. I know that. Well, first and foremost, West Virginia. Um, well, first let's get into this. Here's this week's Dell Sparks collection text to win question. Don't forget, here's the phone number, 681-231-2632. Again, 681-231-2632. All right, this week's question. Who did Deshaun Butler hit the buzzer-winning shot against in the Big East tournament? If you know the answer, give us a text, 681-231-2632. On the way to the Big East title, West Virginia up beat a team and Deshaun hit the game winner at the end. Who was that? 681-231-2632. All right. Well, uh first coach, I wanted to get your reaction. This week the NCAA came out and said that uh the entire tournament is going to be held in Indiana. What were your thoughts when you saw that go across the ticker? Well, my first thought was this. Of all the places to hold the Final Four, Indianapolis, Indiana is a great place because they have so many venues right in Indianapolis that they could use to have the event in Indianapolis. I think there's like six or eight of them. They can even use some high school gyms area that I don't know if they're going to have people there or not, but I mean, there's high school gyms in the Indianapolis area that seat five, 6,000 people that are, they're like, they're like small. They're better than colleges to be honest with you. So I think it's a great idea. I just hope and pray that there will be an NCAA tournament, which we were not able to, uh, to do last year that we can, we can hopefully have it this year, but I think it's a great idea, Anthony. Yeah. It's good to see they have a plan in place, you know, um, it's good to see there's a little bit of planning. Um, yep. cause we don't yep. know, we don't know what's going to happen over the next few months. So it's good to know. I'm going to be able to take a few days off, have a few cold ones and watch some yep. basketball games. All right. This week, West Virginia on Saturday takes on Texas at home. Um, you know, obviously West Virginia split on the road this past week, but West Virginia and Texas at home. I tell you, watch, co- tell you what coach, I watched Texas last week. Um, that's a good basketball team. They're ranked eighth this week. Hell of a good basketball team. They were on fire shooting threes. Yeah. You know, the uh, the rankings came out. They are number four now. Okay, they moved up. They, All right. They, they moved to four. We got Gonzaga at one, Baylor at two. I forget who's three. Texas is four. Kansas is six. We're 14, and, and Texas Tech is, is 18. So – Baylor two, Texas at four, Kansas six, West Virginia fourteen, Texas Tech eighteen. So Texas has moved to number four. They literally went to Kansas and beat Kansas at Kansas. They gave them the worst loss in the history of Kansas basketball and the and the at Kansas. I mean they just they just whipped up on them. So, obviously, they haven't played since then. They're coming in here. 
riding high on their high horse. I personally like it that way. I think coming off a big win like that, they've had a week of people not only locally in Texas, but nationally. They've been a hot topic. All they've been plastered everywhere in the papers. Our players, our coaches have seen that. Their players, their coaches, how are they going to put up with that success? Mm. Will, they, will they come in here on Saturday at 1 o'clock in the afternoon Saturday, and will they be ripe to upset and to beat? Personally, Anthony, I think, they, I think that plays in our hands. I think us winning at Oklahoma State and coming back from being down 19 points with 11 minutes to go and winning that game has given us great confidence. So we took off, came back on Monday night, took Tuesday off and practice Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and uh, Texas on Saturday at 1 o'clock. So I, I sort of like this. I like what's happening, to be quite honest with you, Anthony. Yeah, unfortunately, they have to turn right around and head out to Baylor a couple of days That's correct. later. And uh, Baylor's tough. They got a two. We got Texas Saturday. Then we got at Baylor on Tuesday. Two of the t- number four team and number uh, two team in the country. So you got two and four. Then you come back again Saturday against TCU. Then Oklahoma State at home. I mean, it just doesn't stop in this league. I mean, it just doesn't stop. Our conference is – it just doesn't stop, Anthony. It's crazy. It's night after night. It's night yes, after night. yes. Yeah, I, you know, my theory is you've got to defend your home court and try to win and split on the road throughout the course of your season. Uh, I know expectations are high for West Virginia, but you've got to be realistic. And going on the road to Baylor is a tough road. But you never know what's going to happen with this team. You know, there's been a lot of shakeup in the roster, and uh, there might be a little extra pep in their step. So maybe yes. maybe that, you know, this past week, um, the road won't seem so, um, you know, so tough to this team now that they, they've been able to come back from 19 with 11 minutes uh, on yep. the road, you know. Yep, I, love, I like this, Anthony. For the rest of January, starting this Saturday against Texas, game Saturday against Texas, through the month of January, we've got seven games. And out of those seven games, five of our games are at home. We only, we're only we only at Baylor and at Kansas State on January 23rd. Mm-hmm. There are other five games against Texas, TCU, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, and Florida are all at home. I watched the Gators. I know the Gators have seemed to have had our number in this SEC Big 12 matchup. Uh, I watched Florida the other day. They didn't look too impressive. So, but we, you know, again, we have to get past Texas and also get past Baylor. So yep. I'm looking, honestly, um, I think I'm looking at a split this in the next two games. Uh, That'd be nice. Just me being realistic. And, but yep. again, I think you should be able to upset Texas on your home court. That'd be nice. That'd be really nice. Uh, for the guys and for all the fans out there on Monday night, that was watching our game and we were getting our butts kicked. A lot of people got late. I think a lot of people went to sleep and they woke up and they couldn't believe that we came back and won. I think people were shocked. I heard so many people tell me, what happened? What happened? What happened? I fell asleep. I fell asleep. I fell asleep. Well, what happened is 
We started finally playing some defense. We started making some threes. And Deuce McBride made a couple crazy threes. Taz Sherman made some threes. I mean, we just started nailing shots. Uh, Kedron Johnson came out of his closet. And Kedron Johnson was unbelievable. He made a couple great plays. He took a charge on their freshman, Cunningham, and got his fifth foul, knocked him out of the game. We had some guys really step up the other night. And uh, I'm excited about our team right now, Anthony. Yeah. And to think about it, we haven't had a chance since Oscar left us. We haven't had a chance to really practice with the way this lineup is right now. So I think this practice, this week of practice, is really going to help us Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We've got three days to watch tape and to get ready with this new small ball four-round Derek Culver. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Well, again, West Virginia, Texas on Saturday, and then uh, on Tuesday, West Virginia heads to Baylor. And we want to take our this opportunity to say thanks to uh, Deshaun Butler for coming on the show this week and also to our sponsors, Offered Home Solutions and the Dell Sparks Collection. And don't forget – you can swing by the official merchandise page of the Press Virginia podcast at PressVirginia.com. Any final words, Coach? I just always say this. Great day to be alive. Count your blessings. If you're praying, you're not worrying. If you're worrying, you're not praying. Mountaineer fans, we'll see you next Wednesday night at 630 again on Press Virginia. <laughs>